On this Friday the 13th, we had a fun chat with Jazz, co-host of the Giving Up the Ghost podcast, Winnipeg's first and only paranormal podcast. Also today on CJOB, one of the big focuses is getting your home and your yard ready for the fall. Well, we spoke to somebody who knows a thing or two about taking care of the grass, Dustin Howe, superintendent from Southwood Golf Course, and we also asked him about what goes into shutting down a course. For our Couch Potato segment, we welcomed in news anchor Sarah McCarthy, who is a huge Swifty. She is excited for the release this weekend of Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour movie. And since it's Friday the 13th, we wanted to know, has a superstition ever started a fight? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb, who is off today. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. This is the Friday the 13th podcast for the start. It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off once again today. And we begin with a question for you. Do you know where the pumpkin catapult is? There's a a bit of setup here to lead into why we're asking this question. On Thursday, October 26th, I believe is the date. That's the, um, the media pumpkin carving challenge at Kildonan Place. We can't, the three of us have been invited. We can't make it this year. But uh, we also shouldn't <laughs> participate in it because. Were we even invited, Brett? Yes, we were. Okay. We were invited. Right. But um, let's go back to 2019 where you and I went down to Kildonan Place. We had an, an idea. We're like, okay, let's, uh, we were just, we will carve the Blue Bombers W logo into a pumpkin. That's right. And had, it was almost like uh, like if you can imagine a, a children's or a child's birthday cake, a yeah. football-themed birthday cake. We just sort of supplanted the cake <laughs> and replaced the cake with the pumpkin. And we had some little football toys. We had some, I think we had some pom-poms and some different stuff, different that, colored stuff. That came after when we when we realized what we were up against. Oh, oh, oh yeah, it did. <laughs> because we 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 it was our first year. Yeah. And uh we just figured out oh, it'll be fun. We'll carve a pumpkin, whatever. We'll, yeah, we'll right. give it a shot. And once they we had what, sixty minutes? Yeah. To, and the when they gave us the word go, all these other teams explode it with props and decorations animatronics. And, yeah. So you sprung into action, you're like I, I gotta, we gotta add stuff to this. And you ran down to what the dollar store. You came back with like the green sort of that, that pa- thin paper to use as a football field and the, 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 yeah, from the toys that you mentioned yeah. to create a football field yeah. to dress this thing up. Cause yeah. like one team had, well, Vicky Shea down the hall, she carved a pumpkin into the, the mind blown emoji. Which is, in, I don't even understand how the physics of that, because that, how do you get the top? Anyway, she's super creative and talented. And there was one team that had, like a, you mentioned, an animatronic, like they an animatronic eyeball they somehow managed to jam into this pumpkin and like a fountain, a waterfall of, of blood. Yeah, it was disgusting. It was like a movie set. But it was very impressive. Super cool. Mm-hmm. So anyway... We realized we're not good at that. <laughs> so then the pandemic hit and it all became virtual and we elected to just, what did you, you chucked a pumpkin off the, out of the parkade, right? That's right. The first year we, yeah, like the third or fourth level, third or fourth level, couple pumpkins into, into the, into the uh, BFI bin. Yeah. I think I hit it both times. You did. Uh, but it wasn't very spectacular. Good shots. I mean, I pat myself on the back for that. But they didn't explode or anything. So we took it to a next level the following year. At Peanut Park. We brought a, we brought a baseball bat. <laughs> More <laughs> smashy, smashy. More direct smashy, smashy. Yeah, we, so we smashed. So that became our thing. We smashed a pumpkin last year. Uh, same thing. I just, uh, I took, I carved out, I, like I carved out the pumpkin. I emptied it. And then took it down to my parking lot and dropped it like 20 feet or so and just watched it go boom. So the the smashing of the pumpkins has become a fun thing. That's right. A few years ago, when we started talking about this, one I'm certain one of our listeners mentioned that somewhere, I believe, near 
Steinbeck. There Ringing is a, a bell for me also. There is a pumpkin catapult. So we want to know, because we can't make the thing, it would be super fun to find this catapult just for fun. That could be a small town salute if it exists. We could go out there and see how far this thing can launch the pumpkins, but we got to know where it is. So if you know, let us know at 204-780-6868. If we could get Janarian Grant, <laughs> kick returner extraordinaire of the Blue Bombers to come with us. We could launch some smaller pumpkins and have Janarian catch the pumpkins. <laughs> do you think Coach O'Shea would uh, would 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 allow us to do that? I'm sure he'd be all for oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Launching projectiles at one of the stars. <laughs> all right, so that's not likely to happen. Okay. Just you know, my imagination getting the better of me this morning. So the pumpkin catapult, if you know where it is, two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. It is Friday the thirteenth. So a bit later on at nine thirty five, we are going to meet one of the co hosts, one of the co audio curators of the Giving Up the Ghost podcast which sounds like a super fun paranormal podcast right? based right out of here in Winnipeg. And at 7.05, we, we're going to kick off a, a discussion that we'll be having through the day on CJOB, and that's getting your home and your yard ready for fall. And, of course, because my brain is, is 50% golf, maybe 60%, I immediately thought, what, if, what about getting a golf course ready? And that just so happened we met a guy who knows a thing or two about that back in August. That's right, Dustin Howe. He's the superintendent at Southwood Golf and Country Club. So Dustin will join us after 7 o'clock. And I'm hoping, I've got my fingers crossed, I mean, acre after acre of green grass, of gardens, of a variety of different features that many of us have in our backyards if you live in a house. Also, at a golf course, just on a much, much, much larger scale. So I'm hoping Dustin has some some advice for those of us trying to prepare our lawns, our gardens, our patio areas mm-hmm. for spring. Because that's really what you're doing when you're shutting it down in the fall and getting ready for winter. It's so that you can sort of get things green as possible, looking good as quickly as possible come March, come April, come May. That's right. So we'll learn more about that at 7.05. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off today. We are going to talk about Friday the 13th. It's apropos that today is Friday the 13th because earlier this week, I think it was during our conversation with uh, Ken Weeb from the Winnipeg Free Press in our weekly Wednesday Jets chat, and we acknowledged it's a little early to be talking about the Stanley Cup, but what is the early prediction on that? And one of our listeners like, come on, you can't talk about the Stanley Cup already. You're going to jinx it for the Jets. And I just, I think I responded with LOL superstitions. Uh, I'll say it again on Friday. And I just did. <laughs> so superstitions, what are yours? I would also be really curious to know if you've ever gotten into an argument over a superstition. Like uh, if someone said, well, we'll just do this or do it this way or go that way. And someone said, no, no, can't do that. Can't do that. Oh, no, you can't. You know, you're, you're not allowed back in the room. That's happened to you, right, Greg? During mm-hmm. a sporting contest? Oh, yeah, stay put. And I've told people to stay put in different parts of the house because mm-hmm. the Jets have scored goals. Like when certain people leave the room, like this one goes way back. My buddy Dave Lind was in the uh, kitchen and the Jets scored two goals. This is like, would have been like 1989. It's like, Dave, you're in the kitchen for the rest of the first period, dude. <laughs> they were down 2 nothing. He went in the kitchen to do something, and all of a sudden it was 2-2. See it second period, man. Crack a couple beers because you ain't coming back in this spot. Did he stay? Yeah, he did. He's, good. He's a good guy that way. How did the game end up? I think the Jets, I think they won in overtime. The Canucks had crazy series against the Canucks back in 91. Okay. Anyway, it was goofy. And uh, I think the same thing happened to Loren back in 2018 when the Jets fell down 3 nothing to the Predators and then came back and tied it. They won that game 6-3 or 6-4. I think it was game uh, three back here in Winnipeg. Or... Loren was out of the room and her husband told her that she had to stay where she really? was. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I know you don't. Yeah, I know. I know you. You know, it's hard to buy into those things, but when you're in the middle of it, Cam, oh, yeah. it's hard to just turn your back on oh, it. Oh, g- goodness gracious. You're right in the middle of it. Everything you do, you you went to get up and you were, oh, I didn't, I missed those five minutes where they played well or they scored. So I uh, I now feel bad. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a big Cubs fan, right? And so when they were doing really well, I was watching the games and then um, there was a stretch where they just could not beat the Diamondbacks and ended up costing them the season just uh, uh, back in September. And I missed a series of those games and I felt like I know it's ridiculous, but I felt a, 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 a sliver of responsibility because I was watching and they were winning and I missed those games in those series and I didn't watch them. So that must have been the reason why uh, the Cubs were losing those games. People blame Steve Bart for that crazy comeback against uh, Miami when they were on their way to the World Series. I was on the internet looking for hotels in Chicago when that happened. So it wasn't Steve Bartman's fault. It was mine and my brother's fault. It wasn't Steve Bartman's fault, but you could could feel the energy uh, at Wrigley. I watched that game as a kid. I lost it. I think I was slamming my hands against the ground, and my dad even had to tell me, Cam, could you calm down, please? Um, I remember I was in grade seven, um, and uh, when I when that series was was going on, and you could just feel the entire energy after that play in the entire stadium. Go, it wasn't Bartman's fault, but uh, it was. I I, you, I don't think you could argue that it wasn't a, a, a turning point moment where totally the energy and emotion completely changed, and it was they were done. The Cubs had no chance after that. Curse just, of the Billy Goat. Just to, just to recap for those who might not know what happened with this Bartman thing. That was twenty years ago. Uh, the Cubs were on their way to the World Series. They were mm-hmm. winning, and I don't want to remember what game it was of the series, but they were in. It was they game were, six, and against, they were going to clinch yeah. the series against Miami. And uh, the Miami hit a foul ball, or, and uh, Moises Alou of the Cubs was going to field the ball. Would have ended uh, the out. Would have ended the inning, and. Who knows what would have happened? Everybody suspects that the Cubs would have closed out the game, gone to their first World Series in 70 years or whatever the math was at that point in time. But this fan got in the way of the ball and the wheels fell off for the Cubs. They lost the game and then they lost the series in game seven. And and, and in Bartman's defense too, the ball had crossed over the line where uh, an actual fan can reach for it at that point. It was just that he got in the way and I don't think he did anything wrong, but it it was over after that. Disaster. All right. Sarah McCarthy, what about you? Mine is a bit sports-related as well, but this takes me back to the House League hockey days. It was probably like a grade five tournament. Not serious at all, but of course we're all serious about winning back then. And uh, we say, okay, everyone throughout the whole tournament, like if we win the first game, you have to wear the same pair of socks Uh, in your skates every game. And then we won the next one, so we everyone must have wore the same pair of socks, right? You're allowed to wash them? No, 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 no. Okay. So, yeah, it was disgusting. Never. It was disgusting. That, that removes the magic. <laughs> exactly. And then somebody next game must have changed socks because we lost. For sure they did. That's For what sure happened. they did. Like, but you so, never, you never seek outed that person them? out. No, no, we never found out who. <laughs> the witch hunt shall mm-hmm. continue in 2023. Forte, what about you? Well, actually, I found myself doing this yesterday when I'm out for a walk. And I used to do this when I was a kid. You know that little uh, little rhyme? Don't step on a crack or you brick your mother's back. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, well, I was doing that yesterday. And, like, I find myself stepping over every single crack. And, like, if I'm like, oh, no, I better step over a crack and do a little hop. Got to hop over it. I text your mom. Yeah, Are well, you okay? Yeah, well, no, she's got a bad knee already. I don't need her back going out. Come on. <laughs> I, was, I was mad at my mom, I think, one time, and I stepped on a bunch oh. of cracks. Damn! <laughs> Oh, on purpose. You devil. Take that. Did anything happen? No. 204-780-6868. One minute in Cap's face and in his voice. The match perfectly. Love you, Mom. <laughs> But one of the big things we'll be discussing through the day today on CJOB, getting your home and yard ready for fall, foundation, grass, closing up the AC, what to remove, what not to remove, etc. But what if your yard is a little bit bigger than the average yard, say the size of a golf course? 
Well, in August, when we were on location at Southwood Golf and Country Club for the Manitoba Open, we met a fascinating guy with a fascinating job. Dustin Howe is the head golf superintendent at Southwood. Joins us now. Good morning, Dustin. How are you? Wonderful. Nice to, uh, nice to be on this morning. Well, you know, I was looking at the for- extended forecast here, and these double-digit temperatures are probably going to... Uh, uh, have me procrastinating a little bit and, and they shouldn't in terms of getting things ready. How about you? How are things going at Southwood? You're not just, you know, preparing for fall, so to speak. You're, you're getting ready to protect the course against winter. And I'm guessing that's all in anticipation of next spring. So you can get up and running as quickly and efficiently as possible. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I like to think about it as 170 days till we open, not three days till we close for the year. Um, We are full swing getting ready for winter, um, doing lots of fun stuff out here right now. For us, it takes about two weeks to to kind of put the golf course to bed. So, of course, with the weather forecast that's out there that everybody sees, we get the question, like, are we going to stay open longer? When I look at a forecast, I'm looking two weeks out, we're going to be cold. It's going to, you know, winter's coming. We all know that and we need to be ready. So we try not to procrastinate. So when is closing day for you? Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, we're going to close this Sunday. Okay. And one of the things that uh, we commonly see on golf courses in the fall uh, is aerating where the greens have been punched. And uh, I've always been curious, why do you have to do that? Why do you have to punch the greens? That's a great question. So uh, the main purpose of aeration is to relieve soil compaction. So whether we're pulling a core or using a solid tine, we're we're agitating the soil, we're relieving all that foot traffic from the summer, creating airspace and room for uh, root mass to grow. So power raking, dethatching, aeration, uh, walk us through some of the things that you do on the golf course that perhaps I could be doing at home let, where are the correlations there, Dustin? Yeah, so definitely I've got at the top of my list this morning, irrigation blowout. So make sure you've scheduled a contractor or uh, plan on blowing out your own system here sooner than later. It's something we're in the in the process of doing right now. Um, top dressing and aerating, we've just we've just talked about, but absolutely not, not too late in the year to catch up on all those projects that you uh, delayed when you were busy playing golf in July and August. It's a great time of year relieve that soil compaction, fill in some low spots, do some top dressing, and, and be ready for next spring so you can hit the golf course that much quicker. I'm curious, what happens in an extreme circumstance like we had uh, for Thanksgiving 2019 with that sneak attack monster snowstorm? What, like, What sort of a disruption could that create for someone in a position like you? Yeah, so that's a great question. That, that one was a little bit scary for all of us. Um, luckily, that one melted things that we absolutely have to get done out there like i said irrigation blowout um you know fungicide applications we're maintaining grass intensively enough that that mold can grow on it through the winter so we'll spray our greens with fungicide if we don't get that down underneath the snow um we won't have putting surfaces in the spring so that is definitely a a concern this time of year and something that we're watching for in the forecast and get ahead of if it's coming is that something i should be concerned about in in my front yard uh snow mold um, not as much. If anybody gets some snow mold through the winter, which is possible, in a home yard scenario, we recommend just raking it off. Like any of the, the dead material in the spring, rake it off, get some air in there, and, and get a good fertilizer application down and, and get it growing again. So my cutting for my last cut of the year will probably be this weekend. Am I keeping it long or am I cutting it short, Dustin? That's a great question. I'm of the mindset to let it grow a little bit longer. That longer plant... Uh, gets a little bit more opportunity to have some photosynthetic activity and uh, store some more energy heading into the winter. Um, you know, another thing I like to tell people when it comes to leaves, unless you're a yard that is like completely inundated with leaves, consider mulching them. They're they're a great nutrient source, high in phosphorus that you can use next spring, and uh, and your lawn's going to green up that much more. So just take the bagger off and go out there and mulch your leaves up. And at what point is is too cold to to cut the grass? Um, right up, like as long as it's not frosty, right up until, you know, it's like freezing below zero, you can go out there and clean it up, clean up those leaves for the last of the year. Frost, we want to be considerate of, big thing we talk about on golf courses, you know, frost delays aren't just for annoying people and getting back at you for all those early tea times in the summer. Um, we... (laughs) Sorry. Like, we might extend them by 10 minutes just to, but, um... 
No, um, what happens when, when frost is there, the water molecules are frozen, and if we step on them, they'll break the cell walls of the plant. So as, as we get a few frosts and, and the plants shut down for winter, they reduce their water content and increase the amount of sugars and, and salts in the plant to protect themselves. So that's what's happening right now. One last one from me anyway, Dustin. Uh, I've recently planted some wild grasses in a, some of my uh, planters and and gardens in my backyard. Should I be cutting those down before the fall and before the the snow flies or just leave them as they as they grew this year? Because I, I, like I say, planted them this year. I don't know what to do in preparation for winter. Yeah, that's a great question. I I like to leave them, like the Carl Forster reed grasses and some of the fescues. They look nice through the winter. Um, leave them, let them stand through the winter if you want to see them. And then in the springtime, either go out there and, and cut that material off as it starts to regrow or throw a, a match in it and, and you know, be careful. Don't start any fires, but uh, you can burn them off as well in the spring. Oh, that sounds fun as well. Dustin, pleasure to talk to you as always. Thank you so much, and have a have a good last weekend on the uh, as this course gets ready to shut down. Yeah, you betcha. Thank you very much, guys. Dustin Howe, head golf superintendent at Southwood. I had a, the opportunity to play that course a few weeks ago, by the way, and it's uh, I mean it's a private course, so you know a peasant like me doesn't often get to play at a place like that. But uh, it was great. It's a great golf course. So and, and Dustin you, does a great job. His team. Where are you where are you, where are you golfing this weekend? Uh, this weekend, uh, <laughs> a friend at Elmhurst <laughs> asked me to come play golf. It's so. all about the connection, Brett. <laughs> and what is amazing is just how green the grass is still. So many spots. Wow. Oh, I know. We played at uh, South Side on Wednesday, and the the course conditions it was like it was July. It was as green as as any as a course will be at any point in the season. Not hard yet, no hard pan yet. Just no. you know, you still get under your ball a little bit. Yeah, yeah. There were a couple of times where I was actually anticipating that hard pan, and uh, and I just would chunk right through the ball because I. Anyway, I'm also really bad at the game, but I love it. <laughs> Seven nineteen, Mackling and McGarry. We are asking you about superstitions. What are they? Have you ever been in a fight over a superstition? What does Kristen have to say for us? I currently work with animals in a hospital environment. We have rules. The number one rule is never ever comment that the day has been quiet. If you say the Q word, then there will be three emergencies at once. I also knock on a lot of wood when I update the team and say that one of our guests is feeling better. Absolutely do not want to jinx that. That's fair. And I think anybody who's worked in a restaurant environment could probably relate to that. Sometimes it was, you know, when I worked at Taco Bell, sometimes we liked those quiet days. We're like, yeah, it's pretty quiet today. Bang. Kiss of death. Yep. Uh, Ron says, my old softball days... My teammates would not let me take the field unless I had at least two beer. My dart team has the same rule. Two beer before I toss a dart. Not sure why, as we usually lost. (laughs) Just to make sure you had at least a little bit of fun, even though you were losing? I'm not sure. I guess so. The two beer rule. Yeah. I don't mind that. No, I don't mind that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't mind that either. Um, and that's cool that you're on a dart team, Ron. Just as an aside, I, I've uh, long thought about, I should, should I join like a, a bowling team or a, a billiards team? I have friends on a pool team but in a pool league, but the problem is it's like weeknights. So who knows how long that would go and blah, blah, blah. Are you good at pool? I used to be okay, like, Decent at it, or billiards if yeah. you prefer. Yeah, no, pools. Eight fine. ball. Yeah, I was pre- I was pretty good once upon a time. Uh, I could take on most of my pals, but um, then uh, that was when I, I, I was best when I was a teenager. Before I turned eighteen, I couldn't go to the bar, but I could go to places like Right on Q. Remember that at the Forks? I do. Spent a lot of time there and got pretty good. We also had Starlight Billiards on Regent and Transcona. Still miss that place. That was a great pool hall. Used to be a pool hall, I think, where Giant Tiger is now downtown. Ellison Crystal Palace, Crystal Palace in and the basement. Was, yeah, and huge. In, and then, yeah, it was and then on Vaughn Street by the Bay. I think there was a place downstairs. That's still there. 
Still there? I'm pretty sure that place does <laughs> still exists. Well, let's divert your favorite pool halls. <laughs> and did you and did you play better after you had a couple beer? I know I certainly did. <laughs> Friday, just after 7.30. What does that mean, Forte? <laughs> His fingers can't move that fast. <laughs> oh, good for you, Jeff. Good for you. I was hoping, like, is he, is he playing the real song or is this going to be some sort of a remix? So, well done. Better we than ha- the original, in my opinion. Oh, a <laughs> shot across the bow for our next guest. And before we introduce our next guest, uh, no, as we Jeff. get ready to tell you what's new with the movies in our Couch Potato segment, well, let's just tell you what's new. This weekend, it's a big one at the box office. Are you ready for it? Swifties Assemble. It's Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, the movie. adventure together and that adventure is going to span 17 years of music how does that sound There are a lot of people who tried to get tickets in Canada for those handful of shows she's doing next year in Toronto. For most of those people, this will be the next best thing, and it looks like it'll be worth it because it's getting great reviews. And by all accounts, this movie is not a hacked-together cash grab, but is instead a lovingly crafted victory lap for the pop superstar. At last check, the movie has pre-sold over $100 million in tickets, and that's as of last week. In Canada, the number is $6.2 million, making it the most successful event pre-sale for Cineplex, which is exclusively carrying this movie. Box office predictions say it could make $150 to $200 million this weekend, and who knows how much it will make during its run, which is said to be 13 weeks minimum. Our news anchor, Sarah McCarthy, is here in studio. Uh, uh, Already, she's made this very clear, uh, part of the Swifty Army and uh, how excited are you, Sarah? I'm very excited. I just got chills from that little segment right there. Yeah? Come on. Yeah, I'm very excited. Um, we've had the tickets forever, it feels like, at this point. So, the day is here. 30. 31 million Canadians tried to get tickets. I was one of them. <laughs> it didn't <laughs> For happen. For the concerts in Toronto. And as Brett said in the preamble, as close as you might get. Have you ever been to a concert film I before? I haven't. Well, not in the theater. I've seen them just on Netflix or whatnot. Sure. But not in the theater experience like this is going to be. So my big question is, mm-hmm. will you be getting up to dance? I think so. I think that's going to be the vibe. I think people are going to be up singing and dancing. I don't think this is going to be a regular movie viewing experience where you just sit there and take in everything. I think Taylor knows what she's doing, and this is what the fans want. For people, exactly like you said, that don't get to go to the concert or don't get to experience that in person. So, curious, because you're such a super fan, I want to know, what is it about Taylor Swift's Music, or maybe it's not her music, maybe it's her that's made her such a global phenomenon because I was talking to Jeff yesterday as we were recording the Couch mm-hmm. Potatoes, and like, I like Taylor Swift just fine, I think her music's great, but the, the just the her global superstardom continues to rise, and there's part of me that goes, I, I don't get it. Yeah, for sure, no, I get that. I think it's the connection that she can make through her lyrics. And in my opinion, a lot of songs that don't chart or don't make it to radio are some of her best songs, some of the best lyrics. And um, yeah, just the way, not all of her songs are about her exes, despite what you may think. But she just, the way she relates to her fans on a different level. So I think it is the songwriting for me and the lyrics. And just recently she has uh, Marjorie, just one about her grandma. And like, so there's stuff about family, there's stuff about growing up and the song Long Live is about her fans and how, like, I've had the time of my life with you. Like, you, she, she acknowledges her fans that that is who has made her career essentially possible. Are there also lyrics that are homages, if that's a word, to uh, Friends? The yeah. TV show Friends that, that stick in and then she slides into her songs. Like uh, the amount of things that I know about Taylor Swift, I I have no business knowing. <laughs> At my age is absolutely ridiculous, but I'm I'm 
blown away by the phenomenon and the and the fact that one individual has had this ability to do what she has done on such a large scale is it's mind blowing and I'm here for it. Some yeah. people are tired of it. Bring it on. All yeah. the more power to those that love her and and to her. Yes, well, in my there, opinion. yeah. If you're indifferent, totally get it. This movie, I don't think, is going to be for everyone. It's for the fans, I do believe. And uh, people are going to be dressed up tonight. I'm not going to be. I'm going to be in sweatpants. I'm going to be tired for sure. <laughs> but uh, hopefully a big nap this afternoon will help me stay up. But uh, yeah, people are just the way, like dressing in their different eras. Like I'm 25. So she's been doing this for 17 years. That's a majority of my lifetime at this point. So we've been through the genres. We've been through the eras like with her growing up, people my age. So this is going to be a fun thing. The song that that her big hit right now, Cruel Summer, mm-hmm. isn't that song like four years old? Yes, it was, was it? on the Lover album. She's had three other albums since that album. But for whatever reason, TikTok, social media, it's charting now. The Eras Tour has made it popular again. So there's something that I see in my uh, music map app. I'm a an Apple Music guy, and I'll see Taylor's version in yes. the parentheses. What does that mm-hmm. mean for those that don't know? Well, actually, in a couple of weeks, we're getting Taylor's version of 1989. And so for those who don't know, um, essentially, her master copies were sold by her previous manager, who shall not be named. And, um, <laughs> Is it Voldemort? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but her masters were sold. So, But because she is a songwriter on about every single song on her albums, she can re-record them she, and to reclaim those rights to her music. So that is what she's doing. She's taking back the power. So if you're using a music streaming service mm-hmm. and you want to support her, that's the version you look for, Taylor's correct? version. Please. Right. Please, okay. Forche. All right. Well, Sarah, have we're, honestly, we're, we're excited for you. You know, like, uh, and like Greg said, I think a lot of people get annoyed mm-hmm. when they hear about Taylor Swift, but I think it's fantastic, and it's great for the movies as well. When I heard that yeah. that was coming, I thought that's excellent news for cinema. Mm-hmm. And how about the timing of this, right? With the writer's strike and the actor's strike, and yeah. there's going to be a dearth of, of entertainment. Um, no, that's the wrong word. There's going to be a gap. There's not going to be a lot. <laughs> and so this, just like the timing is absolutely everything with this, Perfect. right? Yeah. She's a mastermind. Oh. Dearth is the correct word. <laughs> it a is scar- the right word. A scarcity or lack of something. All right, very good. Sarah Excellent. McCarthy, thank you and have fun tonight. Thank you. And we will also just quickly tell you, uh, if you're looking for a show to watch this weekend, new on Netflix, it debuted yesterday. It's something called The Fall of the House of Usher. <sighs> Your Honor, no matter how much evidence stacked against them, the Usher crime family stands stronger and darker than ever before. Anyone comes after us, we will exhaust our arsenal until the threat's neutralized. By neutralized, do you mean sued into oblivion on the streets? Neutralized. Like dead. Do you guys, we really should get together more often. It's just a balm for the soul. Okay, first off, this show has nothing to do with Usher, the singer. It's it's based on the House of Usher, the story okay, I, from I Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, I've heard that joke too many times already. But uh, yes, it's an eight-episode limited series focusing on two siblings who have turned their big pharma company into a mega empire of wealth, privilege, and power. But the heirs to the Usher dynasty start to die in rather horrible and awful fashion, by the way. And the mystery behind it is slowly unveiled. And it's just an excellent show in the way that they weave in. The, the House of Usher is the overarching narrative, but they weave in other stories from Poe, like The Raven, like The Telltale Heart, Ooh. like The Black Cat, and the, the Pit and the Pendulum, in a way that makes sense to the story. So it's just, it's one of the best shows I've watched this year. I loved it. Not, there are, like I said, there are some grisly deaths so it's not for the squeamish. I would suggest this show is like uh, Succession meets American Horror Story meets Saw. In okay. A way. Yeah. So be careful who's around when you're watching it. If you've got little ones, yeah. wait till they go to bed. 
That's right. I wouldn't, uh, and I wouldn't say the show is scary. A little spooky at times, but I, I, I didn't find it scary. Not the kind of stuff of nightmares, but it's just really, really good. I loved it. Uh, full review in this week's edition of The Couch Potatoes, which is available now at cjob.com, or you can listen to it on Saturday at noon and Sunday at noon on CJOB. And congratulations to Brittany Carmichael, this week's winner for Tickets and Treats Voucher for Landmark Cinemas, courtesy of Couch Pole Tatoes. And next week's poll at cjob.com, Taylor Swift is showcasing her sold-out The Eras Tour. Name another concert film you'd stand in line for. Woodstock, U2 Rattle and Hum, Justin Bieber's Believe, or Summer of Soul? I did stand in line for U2's Rattle and Hum at the oh, old yeah? Portage Place Theatre. Oh, I wow. went early in the day to get tickets at night. It came out ex- one year to the day that I saw them in St. Paul. Cool. So you'll be able to take that poll next week at cjob.com. In the meantime, we've got our Friday Jets commentary with John Shannon coming up at 7.55. Traffic and weather next on The Start. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off today. I want to get right into this here because there is growing concern that two SLGBTQ plus seniors may return to the closet as this generation begins entering community living for the first time since coming out. In studio, our guests are Mel Byer, a 73-year-old gay man who has some concerns. And we're also joined by Noreen Mayan, who is executive director of the Rainbow Resource Centre, Canada's longest-serving queer and trans community centre 50 years in the community. Noreen, thank you both for coming down to visit us this morning. Uh, Mel, why don't we start with you? What are your concerns about seniors thinking they'll have to, quote unquote, return to the closet? Well, I have experienced uh, in another building, not the one that I live in, uh, some rumors going around, some harassment of uh, people. It didn't happen so much to me, but it happened to my friend whose dog I was sitting at the time. Uh, And uh, it just was not a comfortable situation. I felt bad for him that uh, this was actually going on, that people were talking about him behind his back. Um, I'm in kind of a different situation at the moment. People are a little bit more accepting, although I did get some strange looks the other day when I told someone that I was coming here today. But uh, it's real. It does exist. Noreen, how prevalent is this concern? Uh, we hear it from the majority of the 2SLGBTQ plus seniors who come to our programming at Rainbow Resource Center. And it's something that we, we've been aware of for, for over 25 years, the need for safe, affordable housing, specifically for the 2SLGBTQ plus community. Uh, Mel's generation is are the folks who fought for equality in the 70s and 80s and ultimately won and are now facing discrimination at this stage of their life. So it feels like this generation has been has been fighting for many years. Uh, and so we really feel as though it is our responsibility to care for, for our queer elders as they enter uh, the stage of life. Mel, how frustrating is it that this fight has, you know, been fought? And I think in the eyes of outsiders looking in, for the most part, I don't know, one is the preferred word, but certainly so many advances have been made. And then to be sort of fighting this all over again, it's, it's got to be frustrating. It is frustrating. Um, yeah, for many of us, coming out was not an easy thing. Uh, I finally was fully out when I was 60 years old. Um, but uh, having to go back into the closet is not appealing. Definitely not. Why did it take? Why did it take you personally? What was it within our society that I'm guessing you, you had to keep your true self hidden from not everyone, but a lot of people you but, knew? Yes, but a lot of people. And uh, the reason for that is uh, 
they just were not accepting. Uh, you would, I would hear comments about, I don't know how you can do this. Like, how is it physically possible? Um, and uh, things like that, that people just don't understand. Noreen, your center, the Rainbow Resource Center, is building, <clears throat> excuse me, a first-of-its-kind housing complex for older adults. Tell us about that. Yeah, this is the first of its kind in Canada. It will be 21 units of affordable housing, deeply affordable housing for 2S LGBTQ plus seniors. And we are then building a campus of uh, queer services to support the folks who live on site. So Rainbow Resource Centre has actually relocated to this property. We're moving to more of a community centre type of model. So the community will be coming to 545 Broadway uh, to access programming, but also just to have a place to belong. It's a place for the community to meet to grieve together, to celebrate together. Uh, and it's the first of its kind in Canada. And we are the first uh, queer and trans center to own property in Canada, as well as being the oldest. So it's a really, uh, it's an iconic, it's an iconic project. And we're very, very excited. So Mel, are you going to be uh, moving yet again? Maybe this time for a, a different reason? Uh, that's the plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the hope. <laughs> well, and Mel, just a, when you look at what's happening overall in the world, like, from my perspective, it feels like, you know, on this kind of issue, it feels like we're moving backwards. Like we're starting, there's a, there was a push forward, and, and in many ways we're still pushing forward, but there are a lot of people who are trying to push it back. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there was a situation in Brandon not very long ago that tells us that, yeah, we still have some work to do. Yeah, we are seeing uh, a rise in anti-2S LGBTQ plus rhetoric and hate. Uh, and it's a it's a reminder that we can't take uh, rights and liberties for granted, but it's also a very scary time, in particular for, for trans individuals. So Rainbow Resource Centre continues to advocate for these issues and, uh, and, and rally community together in support. If somebody needs the support of the Rainbow Resource Centre, how do they get it? What do they do? Uh, they can call us at 204-474-0212 or visit our website at www.rainbowresourcecenter.org. All right. Well, Mel Beyer, thank you very much for joining us today in studio. Pleasure to meet you. Thank you for having me. And Noreen Mian, thank you for joining us as well, Executive Director of the Rainbow Resource Center. Thank you so much. Mackling and McGarry, McNabb is off. Today, we're going to be focusing largely today on prepping for fall, prepping your home, prepping your yard. At 7.05, we spoke to the superintendent at Southwood Golf and Country Club, Dustin Howe, partly to because curious, like, what sort of uh, preparation has to go into getting a golf course ready for the fall and winter and making it ready to come back in spring. But he also offered some tips on what can you do with your yard? And he emailed you, Greg, and said, we didn't get to this. Yeah, and this was a huge issue for thousands of homeowners in Winnipeg this past winter. The V word, Brett McGarry, voles. The vole damage was everywhere. And if your neighborhood was impacted, there were very few houses, very few yards that were spared. So Dustin says... I suggest anyone who has a vole problem through the winter to foot pack a path around their yard every time it snows. The packed snow makes a barrier that makes it more difficult for the voles to tunnel through. Oh, my God. So, you know, they're going yard to yard. They don't necessarily live only in your yard. And so Dustin says that's a way to sort of segregate yourself from the rest of the neighborhood, so to speak. I And I, I'm remembering that my dad had lots of vole damage on his, in his backyard this year. And he used to do the path, like he, he would uh, shovel a snow path in the yard for, for when we had a family dog and then my sister's dog. So they could get around and go to the can or whatever. Okay. And then my sister's dog died in the last couple of years. No more pet need for the path. Voles. So that might work for you. If you'd never heard of a way to prevent voles, that's one way to do it. And I never even thought of this. 
great time of year to overseed. So if you do the seeding thing and yeah. you want to do a top dressing, do an overseed. Uh, and uh, and Dustin says, stay away from blends with lower percentages of ryegrass, higher amounts of Kentucky bluegrass, and uh, that will kind of get a head start for spring in terms of germination and uh, getting a thicker, greener lawn in the spring. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off today. We are in the process of updating our question of the day to do with the eclipse. Tomorrow's eclipse, the partial eclipse, starts just before 10.30. Will you be going out of your way to check that out? So you'll be able to answer that question at cjob.com. After Global News at 9.30, we are going to meet one of the co-hosts, one of the co-audio curators from the Giving Up the Ghost podcast, Winnipeg Paranormal podcast. And they've actually, they're going to be recording some shows they want to tell us about this weekend uh, that you can go check out if oh, you want. Oh, neat. Yeah. Winnipeg's sort of a haunted city. We forget that sometimes. I know. it's uh, It can be scary. But in the meantime, not, well... Our next guest has something kind of scary she wants to talk about. Who's in the studio with us, Greg? Oh, she is the bright light. She is the smile. She is the voice. She is the sunshine of Global News Morning. She's the anchor from 6 a.m. till 9 a.m. Monday through Friday. Channel 9, Cable 12, CKND, Winnipeg. Gabrielle Marchand. Good morning. Happy Friday the 13th. I love spooky season. It's my favorite. Yeah? Yes, Love it. Oh, especially with that voice. It's rather no demonic. Dana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know you got a Ouija board, right? I did. I bought one last year. I think I talked about it on CJOB, so I'm a parrot. But the thing is, I haven't used it because I bought it on Amazon uh, on a whim. It arrived within days. Planned to use it almost immediately to celebrate Halloween all month long. And nobody is willing to play it with me. All my friends, my boyfriend's like, you're not bringing that over to my house. My friends are like, you're not bringing that over. And I don't, now I don't want to play with it in my home because they've all put this idea in my head that somehow I'll end up haunted if I use a Ouija board off Amazon that cost me 20 bucks. So it's just sitting above my fridge. It's still in the plastic wrap. You've never, you've never tried it? No, because I've got this idea in my head that I shouldn't do it in my house. I should do it in somebody else's house. (laughs) (laughs) So I was going to say that they're all scaredy cats. All your friends and your boyfriend are scaredy cats, but you're a scaredy cat too. I am. I am. But you know what? I'd be willing to go take it out to like a field or something. Oh, that sounds terrific. Dark field. Sure. Why don't you go to a cemetery? Well, I I think I would, but I feel like I I actually mentioned that. But then I was like, that's kind of disrespectful. So I won't do that. But, you know, maybe I'll do it in like a back alley. I'll just take it out to the back alley and play with my Ouija board alone. I think you can do it solo, right? And speak to the spirit solo. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a superstition. It's me. I'm Gabrielle. The idea (laughs) of of you... And none of your friends wanting to play with this Ouija board. Would you play with the Ouija board? Plays into superstition. Let's play it in studio. No chance, Sundance. See? Did it once. And didn't like it? Did not like it. Wow. Because whenever I've done the the Ouija board. You've done the Ouija? Yeah, a few times. You've partaken in the Ouija? Yes. Okay, tell me about it. Well, when I was a kid and, and well, a few, maybe as a teenager as well. And it, it has moved. Oh. I was never the one doing the moving, uh-huh. and the no one would who no one would fess up to it. So either not. someone was 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 guiding the the thing on the board, or it actually did what it was you know what Supposed you hope it do. will do. Nothing bad ever happened out of it, but I I I know it's just a cheap game, but I I, I believe these boards clearly were rooted in something and. And uh, I believe in all that spiritual and supernatural kind of stuff, paranormal yeah. and all that. You do. So. I do too, actually. So, Greg, you're just no no chance Sundance, as you said. It the just felt expression. weird. I remember exactly where I was, whose house I was at when we did it. It was the summer after grade 12 and um, some really good friends. And things kind of went sideways after that. Really? With this group, we hung around together. I'm not blaming the Ouija board. I'm just saying that night something happened amongst us and i'm i'm yeah you know what i am blaming the ouija board (laughs) all right a piece of information from school you still remember whether it's useful or not like a science fact or a definition loren was able to rattle off the definition verbatim for stereotype that she learned in school (laughs) really yes like word for word yeah, That's we didn't incredible. double check it, but it sounded right to For us. Sarah, what was Sarah? Mito- the mitochondria is the, the powerhouse of the body cell? or powerhouse of the cell. 
Yes. Okay, so... I mean, let me caveat here. I went to school in North Battleford, Saskatchewan. Science is the same no matter where you live. Um, I'm not sure the education (laughs) experience is the same. I learned the oceans as an adult, like probably six years ago. I still don't know the order of the planets. But I mean, I do know other things. Oh gosh, <laughs> I haven't said those things out loud on air. But I do remember I went to school in French immersion and there was this song. This is my big takeaway from my years of education, North Battleford, Saskatchewan. It goes, Luc va à l'école avec son chien Fido. And it goes, Elle marche, 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 marche. And it lives in my head all the time. It's What Luke, is that? Luke goes to school with his dog Fido. He walks, 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 walks. And sometimes I'll just be walking in my head. I'm like, Luc va à l'école. And I'm walking, 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 walking. So there you go. I mean, it brings me joy. Does it bring me knowledge? Probs not, but. Well, Tyson had a, that's what he remembered too. Uh, Tyson Ruwicki, he, what was, he, the song was Bill. Bill Gates sells computer. Sell, yeah, Bill Gates. Sell, sells computer. <laughs> Somebody get Tyson. Where's Tyson? <laughs> yeah, but it was. Yeah. Bill Gates has a oh, lot of his money. Bill, products. Bill Gates sells his computer products, or and that's like that. and that's how um, Tyson's class memorized the countries of South America, or pardon me, Central America from no, uh, north to south, starting with with Belize. Yeah, oh, so he's actually learning device. something. I was going to yeah. say, did he go to my school? But no, turns out he no, went to a better no, school. No. <laughs> you would not believe the plethora. Of Ouija board text messages we have. Yes, get at me, coming people. In here. I'm coming Kat to your and homes. Gimli in capital letters. Dear God, don't let Gabby use a Ouija board. <laughs> it is not a toy. You don't want to let it in and especially invite in things you don't understand. I won't allow them in my house. It's not a game. It's not a toy. Okay, I like it. Then you know what? It will stay wrapped above my fridge for now. Gabrielle Marchand is the host of Global News Morning weekdays 6 to 9 on Global Winnipeg. Pleasure as always, Gabby. Happy Friday. It is Mackling McGarry McNabb is off today and we asked you to shoot to thrill to try to win tickets for A Christmas Rock Story or Witchy Wonderland, Ready, Set, Ghost. And we're asking you about superstitions this morning, well, because it's Friday the 13th. Curious to know if you ever got into a fight over a superstition. Sheila with an interesting one, for example, one of our runners-up here. My mom always said, if a bird hits your window, someone is going to die. Oh, my. She also said, if your eye twitched, you were going to see someone you haven't seen for a long time. And finally, if your nose was itchy, you were going to kiss a fool. That last one, very familiar with. Uh, all my all my uh, next girlfriends had itchy noses. <laughs> yeah, my nose is itchy all the time. It's, it's been a while since I kissed anybody. Uh, but for our runner-up, we're going in a slightly different direction because we ended up having this side shoot chat and Greg said, you know what, let's talk about pool halls. <laughs> this is such a Greg and Brett thing to do. Yeah, and it's fine. We had got lots of great, uh, we were people remembering golden, was it the golden? Golden Q? Yeah, the golden Q in uh, West End, I think. And um, North End Rick with a good one from the North End. Yeah, growing up, there was an iconic pool hall in the North End called Sportsman's Billiards. That's where I learned to play snooker, and I skipped class so much that I'd call going to Sportsman's math class. <laughs> I couldn't tell you how to do algebra, but I knew that if I ran for two browns, one blue, three black, and a pink, I'd get 44 points. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo, Rick. Uh, North End, Rick. Congratulations. But our winner... Algebra is overrated, by the way. It's stupid. But our winner, and I think... I think I might actually... We we read this earlier, but I think I'm going to leave the name out this time. Sure, fair enough. Um, this listener says, I currently work with animals in a hospital environment. We have rules. The number one rule is never, ever comment that the day has been quiet. If you say the Q word, then there will be three emergencies at once. I also knock on a lot of wood when I update the team and say that one of our guests is feeling better 
absolutely do not want to jinx that. So, to this unnamed animal-loving listener, you win. You get to pick between a Christmas rock story or witchy wonderland, and North End Rick will get the runner-up prize. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off today. We are excited to introduce our next guest. We will do that in a moment. First, we have some big news from the province. Lots of people asking, when will the new government be sworn in? Well, we have an answer for you. Manitoba Premier-designate Wab Canoe announced that Manitoba's new executive council will be sworn in Wednesday, October 18th at the Leaf at Assiniboine Park. Uh, Canoe says this will be a government for all Manitobans. We are extraordinarily humbled by this incredible opportunity to represent and serve the people of our province. Our government will work together tirelessly to make life better for you. And uh, yeah, so that will take place at Assiniboine Park in the Leaf on Wednesday. Your premier and cabinet ministers all will be sworn in. I guess all the MLAs will be as well. In the meantime, we got lots of story pitches here. And sometimes you get one where you just, it takes like three seconds and you just sort of say to yourself, book it, because I saw this one and and I immediately thought that sounds cool. The Giving Up the Ghost podcast, Winnipeg's first and only paranormal podcast. Our guest is one of the hosts, one of the audio curators for this podcast. Let's say hello to Jazz. Good morning, Jazz. Good morning, Britt and Greg. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks so much for joining us and thanks for reaching out. Uh, to course. global on this. So uh, I guess first, just give us the pitch. What is the Giving Up the Ghost podcast all about? Well, uh, we basically, uh, we love to cover, explore, and share our research of unexplained paranormal phenomena in Winnipeg and the surrounding areas. And we are exclusive to Winnipeg and Manitoba. We don't talk about ghosts and stuff in Vegas or Calgary or anything like that. So we like to give the opportunity to share what we've learned and also give a forum to other people who've had experiences to share it with us. And we also dabble a little bit in doing some history searches on houses if people are kind of like wondering what's going on in their 150-year-old house and, you know, stuff like that. And we've, uh, yeah, so we're, <clears throat> we've gotten more connected over <laughs> Sorry, getting over cold. Uh, more connected uh, with the local paranormal scene. And um, yeah, so we just, we, we love the creepy cool stuff and uh, we, we love talking about it. There have been tours over the years that explore Winnipeg's sort of ghostly side and the paranormal side. I think we all like to think that where we live has the most fill in the blank, the most exclusive fill in the other blank. How does Winnipeg rate in terms of paranormal activity versus some of the other places in North America? Have you got an idea on that, Jazz? Well, I mean, because we're so old, like the province is over 150 years old, we have so many structures that still remain, right? Like, you know, from um, uh, the Red River uh, Revolution days and all that good stuff. So, I mean, there's, we're so steeped in history. And I mean, um, me and my partner, Cheryl, we always say we'll never run out of stories. Like, I mean, there is just so much that we still haven't even covered in, in our four and a half years of doing this. So like even just the legends, like the reason why I, I have to just throw in the reason why we or I wanted to start this, because remember when you're a kid and you'd hear, oh, remember this whole old house and haunted house. And, and then it's the story legends are made of. Well, you don't hear these stories anymore, right? Because as you know, the internet kind of switches over and people don't keep up their websites anymore. A lot of this history, if you will, is lost. So we totally believe history and hauntings go hand in hand. And that's what we're trying to preserve. So when you look into something, uh, is there ever a point where like, what's the approach? Do you go into it perhaps with a, a skeptical attitude? Is it like, as though to say like, maybe you're there to debunk it or do you go in eyes wide open? Like, how do you approach something like that? Well, I wouldn't say debunking it per se. I mean, as always, like being reasonable people. Um, I mean, we we actually call ourselves, uh, it's funny you mention that, we consider ourselves optimistic skeptics because we've had our own collective experiences. And and when somebody tells us their story or, or whatever it may be, we believe them because that was their personal experience. It may not have happened to us, but <clears throat> we keep an open mind, you know, um, Never, never would we ever try to tell somebody that that did or did not happen because every everybody's ghost or paranormal experience is personal to them. So, 
we were discussing Ouija boards a little bit earlier. Mm, and yes, I heard. <laughs> so we got flooded with text messages. Don't touch oh, the Ouija yeah. board. Don't go no. near the Ouija board. What sort of experiences, paranormal stuff, have you experienced yourself? Oh, my God. Yeah, I had one at 12, and uh, I basically gave it away. Nothing like a 12-year-old buying their own Ouija board for for eight ninety nine, and uh, actually giving that away because, uh, no. Um, I won't touch it. I'll see other one. I'll see other people playing with it. But it's basically it's a conduit. You can do a conduit with anything. Like there's so much other forms of divination. And I think nowadays too, people have a more clear <clears throat> idea as to what to do and what not to do with a Ouija board. Like you always close it off at the end to make sure that the spirits understand that you know, like no more communication um, because it is a portal, just like with anything. Um, uh, if Gabby wants to play with it. Gabby, we'll we'll set that up for you. We 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 got a guy like you know, um, Winnipeg Paranormal Group. We're actually going to go tonight uh, to go on one of their investigations at the St. James Museum. Um, sure, there's going to be Ouija boards there, you know. But I, I personally, mm, I, I've had some bad experiences. I'll just leave it like that. And even like so, it, but does it have to be a specific kind of Ouija board? Because like she said, she got hers for like twenty bucks on Amazon. Uh, no, no, not at all. Like, I mean, isn't it funny that Milton Bradley, uh, it says uh, eight and up can play to conjure, you know, <laughs> the devil, but you got to be 18 to buy alcohol. So that makes sense. You know, um, <laughs> really, That's fair. I mean, you know, um, but yeah, like, no, no. I mean, you know, they call them talking boards. I mean, there is actually a, a talking board society. It's the coolest thing. If you ever fall down a rabbit hole in which we do a lot for uh, research on our podcast, um, like Ouija boards and talking boards have been used like back in the Victorian days. It was it, like spiritualism and everything, you know, like that was the coolest stuff back in the day. And I'll try to limit my <clears throat> language. Uh, it, it, just the fact that, you know, it was like, uh, it was like the thing to do. There was no TVs, there was no iPods, there was no cell phones. So, you know, um, contacting the dead was a pretty cool thing back in the day. Right. So social media of, of a different sort <laughs> conjuring. Uh, so <laughs> what about just this idea of the more, you know, when you go to see a comedian, right? The funniest comedians are the, are the individuals that were share, share the stories that everybody looks around and go, I thought on, that happened only to me. So sure, the exactly. more that you meet and discuss these things, how many people are going, Oh my gosh, I thought this okay. only happened to me. Well, you know, the funnier thing, we say everybody has a story, right? So the funniest thing is you'll talk to, you know, like, and I think that's why, you know, we're older as far as like, you know, now we don't really care what people think, how we think, you know, like as far as from our perspective. Uh, and and you, you approach a crowd, you talk about ghosts, why not, right? And then you'll get some people staunch, you know, negativity. No, there's no such thing. There's no such thing as ghosts. However, there was this one time a book levitated off the table in front of me, but that was the wind, you know. So, I mean, we, we incur a lot of people, we, we meet a lot of people like that. So, I mean, everybody has a story, whether they want to admit it or not. And, and it's kind of nice that we give them the form to share it with like-minded people that understand, right? So, yeah, anyway. Well, even my dad has, uh, he was a skeptic, didn't believe mm-hmm. in that stuff. And actually, Fortier, you know who I'm talking about, we, Jeff Fortier and I, and my, my parents had this, this they, they are connected through this woman who had this table that apparently was angry and it would like hurl itself across the room. And they actually, I remember my dad said they tried to hold it down and it was shaking. And oh. he said, there's no way that they could have faked that and uh so yeah when you see something like that you you almost try to i would imagine a lot of people probably try to find that logical explanation because they maybe they're too just scared to admit what i saw was paranormal and i think a lot of people figure that once they start believing in it it'll open them up to more things right i mean i get that um just a crazy thing about tables there's like a thing called table tipping which is a big thing I have done it personally myself, and I've had experiences with table tipping. Um, primarily, it was through uh, Kristen's tours at Square Pigs, uh, Square Pig Tours. She puts on the most phenomenal tours of haunted locations. And, uh, yeah, like, I mean, I've seen some crazy stuff happen, right? So uh, table tipping, that's a real thing. Tables, um, 
Yeah, and, and as far as like uh, people and, and what they want to believe, I mean, sometimes it's religion, right? Because if they're raised in a certain um, Christian household or, you know, in, in, in a certain mindset, of course, they're not going to believe that they'll just think it's all woohoo, the supernatural and paranormal, right? But I mean, it's all around us. Energy is energy, right? So when people pass, their energy still remains, just maybe in a different form. You have to think of it in that way. And that is a scientific fact that energy will remain. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Um, okay. when Are you did, picking up what I'm putting down? Oh, 100% jazz. And so what I need to know is when did this become, say, a passing interest to something that you clearly decided to dedicate a tremendous amount of time into? Oh, it does take a lot of time. And podcasting, we don't get paid for it, right? So, I mean, um, and that's cool. I mean, it's like a glorified hobby. Like, it keeps me out of the bingo halls. You know what I'm saying? So um, as far as... Uh, I've always been a little spooky when I was younger and stuff. And, and, and I do feel that I have certain things happen in my life. I, I started writing a book a few years ago, uh, just around pandemic time called creepy me, because I myself have had a lot of really weird coincidences and things happen around me. So, I mean, it's always been there. And I think uh, most people too, like it's all what you open yourself up to, what you allow to come in and not right. So, uh, yeah, like I've been touched by ghosts or spirits, um, I've said things that people are thinking, you know, just stuff like that. Am I empathic? Who knows? I don't know. Uh, my partner, Cher, as well, she's had some pretty freaky experiences herself. So, I mean, collectively, we've kind of we kind of decided, like, you know, we should share some of these experiences and also give people the forum to tell their experiences. And that's why we're always looking for stories. And I'd like to throw that out there at this point and why we make personal appearances like we do uh, to, with our you know, laptop and our recording equipment. If anybody feels free, it's a safe environment, they can come talk to us, tell us their stories, or email us at givingupthegoldspodcast at gmail.com. Um, don't have a website per se, kind of connected with a, a writer profile I have, but um, you know, certainly there's plenty of ways for people to get a hold of us on like, you know, Facebook. It's uh, that's a big um, social media thing that we mostly are on. There's TikTok, there's um, Twitter, you know, all the socials. And we're actually uh, downloaded in 34, no, 43 countries, uh, which is pretty crazy considering we don't pay for advertising or promotion. We're just like a little podcast that can, you know what I'm saying? So uh, we appeal to some people, some people we don't, but here we are. So, And you do have a couple of uh, public recordings coming up, including one tomorrow, right? Yes, correct. Um, uh, Like I said, uh, just for funsies, we're going to be out with our friends from the Winnipeg Paranormal Group at St. James Museum. They're awesome. Um, they do investigations for free as well. You know, like they want to help people. Um, tomorrow night, uh, we're actually at the Laura Fort Gary. Uh, the friends of Laura Fort Gary have a haunted uh, tour. Like they'll have a, a guided tour uh, where somebody will tell them stories for 90 minutes. That's an amazing opportunity. Oh, yeah. Laura Fort Gary is very haunted. And also, uh, I'll be uh, with uh, oh, uh, sorry. Uh, my partner, Cher, can't come with me tomorrow. She'll be with me at Lower Fort Gary next Friday, next week, Friday. Uh, but tomorrow night, again, the girls from the Winnipeg Paranormal Group, Ashley and Kelly, will be with me uh, tomorrow. And then Sunday, uh, do you guys know Prairie Sky Books? They're an awesome little place, a little quirky place. Yep. Uh, they're, they're having their 45th uh, anniversary weekend this weekend, slash Halloween opening. And uh Cool fact, in 1928, the pharmacist that ran that store, he was murdered in the building. So I have some stuff on that. And we're going to be talking to the folks there about uh, what they feel and what they see in the building at Prairie Sky Books. Jazz is the co-host of Giving Up the Ghost, the podcast. It is a Winnipeg-based, Winnipeg's first and only paranormal podcast and downloaded in 43 countries. Jazz, pleasure to talk to you. And I, we will definitely have to have Jazz back on the start.